Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. We've got a fantastic episode of the show for all of you listeners today as we are joined by University of Michigan fifth year and friend of the program, Patrick Maloney, to discuss what was a breakout campaign for both Maloney and the University of Michigan Wolverines during the 2022 season. Of course, a lot of firsts for the University of Michigan during that 2022 campaign. They end the season as Big Ten champions reach the NCAA quarterfinals, and so much of that success can be traced back to the jump players like Pat Maloney made this season. And of course, on today's show, I wanted to talk to Pat about that jump, what allowed him to experience the most success of his college career over the past year. Of course, also wanted to talk to him about his huge summer. He's had the opportunity to go down, compete in Orlando against some of the best players in the country had the opportunity to test his game on the pro circuit as well. Wanted to ask him what he learned from those experiences. And then, you know, again, we have some fun on today's show as Pat truly is a near and dear friend of this program. Was great to finally get him on the podcast. And I promise all of you listeners are going to enjoy today's episode. Of course, before we get to it, got to give a shout out to our friends at Swing Vision for their support of this show. And of course, our friends at Swing Vision, of course, are at the forefront of all innovations happening regarding artificial intelligence in tennis. Simply put, Swing Vision is the most efficient way to improve your game on the court. All you got to do, download the app, turn it on, record your hitting sessions with the app every time you step out on the court. Swing Vision will do the rest. They'll record the film, they'll break down your makes, your misses, show you what you need to improve on moving forward, and you're going to have access to all that information in the the palm of your hand. Again, you can learn more by clicking on the link in the description to this podcast, or you can sign up today and use our promo code CRACK20. When you do, you'll get $20 off plus a 14-day pro trial. Again, a shout out to our friends at Swing Vision for their support of this show. With that said, let's get to it. My conversation with University of Michigan fifth year, Pat Maloney. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Joining us on the podcast today, a man you know best with the mullet, but I told him if he's coming on the show, he's got to go clean-shaven for the podcast. Of course, you also know him as arguably the most improved tennis player in the 2022 college tennis season, a man who finished his junior year 24-7 and overall in singles, 25-7 and overall in doubles, and into his first pro quarterfinal this week at the Columbus 25K in singles. Welcome on to the show our friend Patrick Maloney. Pat, you can tell I'm nervous for this show. It's great to have you here today. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Uh, Just hanging out in the hotel, but um, it's finally good to finally be on the podcast. Yeah. A long time coming. I think Steiny has banned you from the show. It's not that we didn't want to have you here. It's that he was afraid I was going to get you in trouble, but that's just not the case now. You're, you know, you're a fifth year senior. You're mature. You're ready for this. 
yeah, I let him know I was I was doing it today, and he did. He seemed a little scared. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, he was like, Let's keep it PG. Yeah, of course. No, I promise we will. But obviously, I already mentioned it. You've played a ton of pro tennis this summer, and I want to get into some of that. But into your first pro singles quarterfinal this week in Columbus, an impressive three set victory over Nate Pond. With let's just start with that result. What does it mean to you to get to your first singles uh, quarterfinal? It's pretty exciting. Um, you know, I've been playing a ton this summer, just trying to get my feet wet in the in the whole pro tennis thing. And uh, it's nice. I, I feel like my, my game's coming along nicely. I'm getting comfortable. Um, but yeah, I had a tough match today, got it done. But, you know, it feels good. I'm back on some indoor hard courts, so I can't complain about that. Um, but yeah, I feel good. It's been a It's been a good week so far. Well, you mentioned, you know, maybe wasn't your prettiest performance. And unfortunately, I didn't get the chance to watch the match. But looking at the stats, you know, under 50% on the first serve. I know that's not the number you're going for. But I'm curious about that mindset and making that shift from college tennis to the pros. So frequently we hear guys say, you know, it really is going after the first ball, being able to play on your terms. That's the difference. Do you find that to be truthful at all as you've played on the pros these past few months? Definitely. Um, yeah, def- that's definitely one of the things I've noticed, you know, going after your serve, going after the first ball, looking to take time away when you can from the baseline, all those things. It's what like the, the best guys in these tournaments and like in the challengers and whatnot, you know, they do it so well. Um, they take away a second here and there when they can from the baseline and you, you feel it, you feel that pressure. So that's kind of something I've been working on and, you know, to have a match where I serve, you know, below f- 50% had nine double faults um, and still able to get it done. It, it felt, felt pretty good. Does playing ad scoring, is that a luxury after a year of college tennis? Do you feel as though you have a bit more of a margin for error? I'm always curious. Um, I mean, yeah, you get like that margin for error, but I personally prefer deuce points. Yeah. I, I think it's way more exciting. I think, um, also, it just keeps, you know, the speed of the match going, opposed to having a game where you get 10 deuces and whatnot, you know. Um, but it, it makes it tough, you know, it, it sticking in those games, you know, going add in, deuce, add out, whatever. Um, it's a grind, but it, uh, I definitely, I'd say I prefer the deuce points. It's way more exciting. You know, you get up for those points. and um, But it's definitely a pretty big adjustment for sure. I can only imagine. And, you know, it's interesting to talk about those 10 deuce games because, and I say this lovingly, and I once asked this to Steiny on a podcast, so I've said it publicly, so it's not new information. I would say early in your career, maybe that focus was something you lacked, you know, going in match by match and even point by point. And I'm curious, again, being exposed to the pro game, you know, how has it forced you to mature? How has it forced you to, you know, improve the little things? Is that maybe the biggest thing you've noticed? 100%. Um, you know, in the past year, I'd say, um, that's been a big focus of mine is trying to work on, you know, my attention span on court and sure. I, I, I'm known to be like a big, uh, other court watcher during dual matches <laughs> <laughs> or, or, at least, or at least used to be. Um, so that's kind of something that we used to work on, you know, helping my, help my teammates and pumping them up, but not to the point where, you know, I'm looking, I'm looking at BD hitting a return and then all of a sudden I'm watching the serve go by me. Um, (laughs) so, uh, that's definitely something that I've been working on the little things as well. You know, Benny, you know, can't stress that stuff enough. Um, whether it's a proper warm up, recovery, eating the right way, all that stuff. Um, and that's something that 
if you don't do a good job of that in these in these futures and and challengers and stuff, you you get you get called out on it pretty quickly. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, all these guys are good, I imagine. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. And so, you know, again, talking about that improvement, coming into the year 35 and 21 overall in singles matches in college. Obviously, not only did you go 24 and 7 this season, you did it primarily playing in the top three spots in the lineup. I mean, it's a basic question, but it's the one I have to ask. You know, what changed? I mean, a lot. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Go on. Lot, um, just, I kind of just, you know, put all my attention to into tennis and, and really, you know, trying to make the most out of, you know, the opportunities that Michigan gives me and that, you know, tennis gives me. And, and, and really, you know, I want to, Stanley always says, like, you want to look back with no regrets, like on your four years or for me, five years. And, you know, I had a bit of a rough, a rough couple of years. My sophomore year, I was, injured a bunch and then obviously got cut off. And then, uh, junior year, I had a, a pretty rough ending to it. I started off strong, but kind of hit a, hit a slump towards the end. So, but a bunch of little stuff, man, you know, getting in the gym a ton, doing a ton of recovery, taking care of my body because injuries have been a bit of an issue for me in the past. Um, this was kind of my first season where, you know, I didn't really have to sit out too many matches or anything with injuries and stuff. So that was a big, big plus. I cleaned up my diet a bunch. Um, so yeah, just taking care of all those little things. Um, and it's been nice because I've, I'd like to say I've seen, you know, at least some improvement with my results and stuff. So it's definitely been nice to see that kind of pay off a little bit. True or false, you've grown, I'd say two and a half inches since your freshman year, something like that. True. I, so when I first got to Michigan, I was 6'2", 148 pounds. That 6'2 is a little generous. <laughs> that was my first day at Michigan physicals, six two one forty eight, and now I'm a little over six four, and I'm sitting at like one eighty. So, so is I'm it the just... Michigan milk? Like what? You know, again, physically, because that to me is is that just college? That's and that's why college tennis was so right for you to have the opportunity. Did you anticipate? I should say the growth. I didn't anticipate the growth. I anticipated I would get a little stronger and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's any, any guy who, who goes to college and then, you know, plays after, I think a, a big part of, you know, what they really appreciate about college is like giving him, giving the time to, you know, mature physically and stuff and, you know, getting in the weight room with the strength coaches and you have the dietitians and you got the trainers, you got all that stuff. So it's like, you know, it's, it's really a perfect setup if, and it's, it's pretty easy to, you know, to gain some muscle and to, to get stronger and get in good shape when you when you got all that stuff surrounding you. I I mean, so I was in a similar vein. I mean, not exactly the same. I suppose I was growing in Ann Arbor in college. So we have that in common. But I also grew like two inches between the start of my freshman year and midway through my sophomore year. And I remember in particular, it was an icy January day and I was walking in front of Ross, which is obviously a highly populated area on the Ann Arbor campus, Ross Business School. And I just lost my footing in H. And I just like remember definitively thinking like, man, you cannot control your body. Like this is just a mess. Like, and come on, you're a 18, 19 year old kid. Like get your act together. Again, you're on the tennis court those first few years and you talk about all of the injuries. Was it growing pain? You know, what, what was it about that process that was so frustrating? What wasn't clicking in that moment? 
think a bunch of stuff. I think I wasn't doing, you know, I wasn't doing a good enough job of the little things with the recovery and the, and the, and the diet and eating clean and eating enough and all that stuff um, with how much tennis we were playing and how much, you know, all that activity and stuff. So I think my body just wasn't really ready for, for the load of, you know, that proper training and stuff. And it definitely caught up to me. I had a bunch of nagging injuries for a while. Um, I think a part of it is definitely, I was growing a ton at the time. So my body was like just all thrown out of whack, I think. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it was definitely frustrating. Uh, luckily we had, we had a great team that, that Mm -hmm. my sophomore year where they were, they were able to, you know, get the job done without me. Um, that, that COVID year with indoors and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was definitely pretty frustrating, but I definitely learned a ton from it. And I learned, you know, kind of what not to do. I definitively regarding. remember you walking into the Nielsen Tennis Center for the indoors. <laughs> and I don't know if you remember this exchange, but I go up to him like, dude, did you grow half? I was like, what happened here? I was <laughs> yeah. like, it's not just the Canada goose. Like you are a bigger human than you were <laughs> like 12 months ago. And I just remember being like, oh my God, like, all right, this is interesting. And, you know, again, you were a five-star recruit. You were a New York high school state champion. And we can talk about the tentacles of that 2018 draw. Ryan Fishbeck doing what he's doing at Virginia Tech. New York tennis gets a bad rep. Your grade <laughs> might suggest otherwise. Um, but again, just more broadly, because I, I know a lot of parents, a lot of other players listen to this. I, this is I don't want to get you in trouble. How, you know, talk to me about the difference you're training to become a five-star recruit in high school versus the training you do now in college. How different are the things you are doing? Oh, it's very different. I, uh, you know, in high school, I didn't really, you know, lift, lift weights much at all. Um, just cause I was growing so much at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I would play tennis, but it would be, it would be pretty limited at times just cause my body was always so sore and banged up. Um, you know, I'd play a tournament and then I'd be sore for, you know, multiple days. And then I'd kind of ease back into practice and then go back into another tournament. So I think it was, I'd say probably that the consistency is probably the biggest difference from, you know, when I was in high school to, to now, um, now it's like at Michigan and whenever, like every day we're doing stuff, you know, to get ourselves better, to get the team better, stuff like that. Um, and in high school, it was definitely a little more inconsistent. Um, I would do sometimes an hour, hour and a half a day of tennis with my coach, like pretty light. Um, if like my back or something was my shoulder, was banged up or something. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's very different, um, way more structured now that, you know, I'm at school and stuff and it, it's definitely, definitely way better. You talk about that tournament grind. I know your body was banged up at various points. I think you only played two Kalamazoo's, which is a lower number than you would expect for a guy, obviously, who's a five-star recruit on tennis recruiting. You played your senior season for Oyster Bay. It was, I believe, I first season of organized high school or school athletics you had played since seventh grade. Why? What What was it about the team aspect that appealed to you? Because obviously anyone who's watched you now know team tennis is where you thrive. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know. I just figured it was my senior year last year, high school. I, I was committed to, to Michigan at the time. I had a, a pretty light, um, tournament schedule that spring. So I was like, I don't know why not, you know, give it a shot, try to win a state title. Previously, there were like, some good guys, won states in, in New York. Yuval Solomon won it a few times. He went on to play at wake. 
Uh, I think he won it like two or three times. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to do, I wanted to see how it was. I also always had my, my boys in high school, like in my ear about like, they always thought I was overhyping my tennis or stuff. Like they always, they, <laughs> so they, they kind of wanted to see me play too. So that was a fun part of it. I always have like a pretty good group of guys and, and whatnot coming out to my home matches and stuff, which was pretty fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the guys on the Oyster Bay team weren't, the level wasn't great. We were, I think we were the bottom division in, uh, in like Nassau County or whatever. Um, so like you had some guys coming in with like tags on their racket still from Dick Sporting Goods and stuff. But, uh, but no, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was good. And then getting to States and, and, and being able to get a state title and, and kind of do that like for my high school and stuff. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Looking at the high school list, I was going through Yuval Solomon, who of course played at Wake Forest, two-time champion Matt Gamble, Notre Dame, two-time champion Sean Hadavi, Columbia, Josh Levine, Duke. It's not bad. The top yeah, one's no, not yeah. bad. So, yeah, so there were no. That was kind of the theme. Is like everyone's kind of senior year they would play and they would just try to win states. So I figured, why not try it out? And thank it God worked. I did. Yeah. yeah. Thank God. Thank God. Or else I would be kicking myself. <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned being committed to Michigan at that time. I want to get into why Michigan, but so often we hear t- players talk about the burden that is that college process. Did you feel that playing in the juniors? How much pressure as a five-star guy is it going tournament, tournament out, knowing, un- being uncommitted and being like, hey, I, I got to win to impress these coaches? Yeah, for Honestly, it was kind of the opposite for me. I was, I almost took it a little personally that I wasn't getting some of the looks that I was maybe early on. And then it kind of just really motivated, like maybe like early on junior year, I would see some of my, my buddies and my peers, you know, committing to schools and stuff. And I was kind of a little behind in that process. So I would say, I would say it kind of fueled me a little bit and it kind of, you know, kind of really got me, got me going. And then that summer I had a, uh, I had a pretty good summer. Um, going into my senior year, I had a, I don't remember exactly how I did, but I won a ton of matches in the backdraw clays. And that's kind of when I first started talking to Steiny and like some other like top schools and stuff, but it wasn't really a burden. I was kind of, I kind of like really enjoyed it. And, you know, having those coaches watching me and stuff, I always felt like it made me play better. Um, but it was pretty fun. My recruiting process was pretty short. Um, it was kind of just like, june to september basically um but no definitely i wouldn't say it was a burden but it was uh it's pretty fun why michigan uh long it's a long list of reasons i uh (laughs) no i was i always had this fascination with michigan even you know before my recruiting process started i just had always heard so many good things about it um and then you know once i met steiny and and Sean at the time, um, I just felt like uh, the way, you know, Steiny approaches college tennis would would gel with me really well. Um, my coach from home knows him for a while now. He, he thought it would be a great fit for me. And then once I took my visit, I was I was I was pretty set on it right away. Who'd you stay with? I stayed with uh, I stayed in U Towers for one <laughs> night with with Gabe Tishman. Of course. Um, I think Miles was in that apartment too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was with them, and then you know that I was Beatty wasn't on the team at the time, but he was hanging out with us too, and he was yeah. he was uh, he was kind of the class clown of that team. I, um, the the transformation of Nick Beatty from his first year to his last, a book could be written on it. 
because yeah, yeah it's, it was a, a, truly a transformation. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, yeah. So I stayed with Miles and, and Gabe and, and hung out with them and, you know, had a great, went to football game and all that stuff. I think Johnston was my host. Mm-hmm. Also fun. Also fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, I loved that visit and I, I, I wanted to commit right away. Um, basically that day, but my parents said, no, like take some time, whatever, visit another school or two. Um, but yeah, I was, I was pretty set on Michigan the whole way. Mm-hmm. No. And you know, um, I, because I had heard from someone talking, doing my research that Michigan maybe wasn't your number one choice going in and that, you know, again, I mean, you get an offer from a school like Michigan, I, I can't imagine not taking it, but I'm the worst person to ask this question to because both my parents went to Michigan. My older brother went to Michigan. That was just the thing in my family. Um, but, you know, again, going New York to Michigan, I mean, how many people have done that in their life? I guess it's not <laughs> yeah. that. It's not that, that remarkable. <laughs> um, but no, it's it, I mean, it, it's always fascinating for me to hear, you know, the choice, the decision behind that choice and what that was like. And, you know, do you get to shadow a practice before you come to campus and get to participate, obviously, because a Michigan practice isn't exactly like everyone else? Yeah. So on my visit, they were practicing. So you just just watch the practice, basically. And I remember watching it and just everyone was just going nuts. (laughs) And I was like, I dug it. I thought it was great. I was I was pretty pumped up about it. I remember like Knight was on the team at the time. Knight was like going nuts, coming up to me, like screaming, all that stuff. Um, and I thought it was pretty cool. Um, um, but yeah, so I kind of had an idea um, of what it would be like, which is good because it's different than most. Um, but yeah, you, you, Steiny does a good job of making sure you, you, the, you come into school ready and you, you know what, like, to expect from yourself and others and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, again, you get to that first practice. Uh, talk to me about the level. Talk to me about what it's like to hop into the collegiate game. Obviously, that freshman year, you jumped in between a bunch of different spots in the bottom of the lineup. How was that competitively? I don't remember. I, I mean, it was good. <laughs> I remember, like, I mean, I was there for, for the summer going into my mm-hmm. freshman year, taking some classes and stuff. So I had an idea. You know, I was with my, hanging out with Miles the whole summer and, and hitting with him and, and Fenty was with me. Um, Connor was in town, obviously, because he lived so close. So I kind of had an idea of the level and stuff. First practice, I think we did the usual, started off with some MJs and doubles games. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, the level wasn't anything crazy. It was uh, some of the guys, obviously, playing against some of the seniors and stuff is you're playing a guy four or five years older than you guy who has like 40 pounds on on the or a me at the time yeah um so it's a little different but nothing crazy yeah people don't remember knight was a unit like he was a big guy by Knight was a big dude miles was big yeah carter um, was big in his way <laughs> carter was big in his way um but yeah i mean you're it's uh yeah you come in you're playing guys four or five years older than you which is something you don't really do in junior tennis too much mm-hmm. which is probably the biggest the biggest adjustment. Mm-hmm. All right, let's run through the highlight reel. You get to replay one. That kickoff weekend, 2020, two, four, three matches, two, seven, sixes in the third. Beattie uh, and Styler clinching the victories, respectively. What, uh, respectively, what was it? Texas Tech and Ole Miss, I want to say, if memory serves me correct. Um, or first victory over Ohio State in 21. Well, 
for me, I'd like to replay the kickoff weekend just because I wasn't there. Yeah. I was injured. So I was, I was watching it on the live stream. Yeah. Um, so I think to be there in person, because that was kind of the, one of the, the big jumps we made as a team was, was getting over those, those matches and making indoors for us. That was huge. Um, so to, to be there, I remember I was, I was watching the live stream. I was watching Foo play yeah. <laughs> against, against Ole Miss, and we always talk about it. And I'm pretty sure three games in, he was winded, and he was gassed. <laughs> and and me, 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 Foo, and Fenty always joke around. I was, like, sitting – I'm, like, sitting, like – I had, like, this, like, pretty bad foot injury, and I'm watching the stream, and it looks like Foo just ran 10 miles, and he's, like, 15 minutes into his match, yeah. um, <laughs> which, was, which, was, which was pretty funny. Um, but, no, to, to, to be there for that um, would have been pretty special because that was a huge moment for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that win in twenty one against against the Bucks is pretty pretty crazy too. Well, well, let's get back to that Bucks because I want to talk about that twenty twenty run and what it meant to this team in particular because the nucleus of this team of that twenty twenty team is the team that goes on to make the quarterfinals. Obviously, last year yourself and Fenty. Well, really, less you at the time, Fenty and Styler and uh, you know yourself, BD, all on that team. Not only do you get to the national indoors for the first time in I don't know how many years, I should know that number, but so much has happened since. Um, But but you guys make the semifinals. And, you know, again, well, let's start here. True or false, the 2020 national indoors was a COVID super spreader. True. 100% true. (laughs) 100%. 100%. Because I remember I – so I I didn't show up till indoors until the night before we played USC. Because mm-hmm. I had the flu at the yeah. time, yeah. but but they didn't test me for the flu, but they told me it was the flu, yeah. and I was I was in bed for like eight nine days, like so sick, and then I fly the night before USC, and next thing you know, I think Holt, yeah, got sick. I think the Ohio State team got sick. I think. I, mean, I got I, sick. I, I yeah. didn't have a voice for the final. And everyone's like, oh, it's because Michigan <laughs> yeah. lost in the semis. I was like, no, it's because I said congrats to Brandon Holt. And like, yeah, everyone it had, got it. Had it. To have been. It had to have been. Because it, like, it was like a week before like COVID like became a thing. And like... Yeah. 80% of the people there were like, had like flu like symptoms. That's what I'm saying. It's like, actually, that was maybe the most bonding event in college tennis history because all of us got sick. And so we were all talking to one another. It's like, yo, are you getting this thing? And like, there's this cruise ship in California and they're talking like, do we have that? What's going on here? It, yeah. it will always be in my memory. And then, you know, that and the fact that, again, I mean, I'll never forget the look on Moore Bullis's face. Sorry, Coach Macy, when Connor beat him in singles because talk about a Houdini trick. Um, but, you know, that run for your team in that moment, I can draw a direct through line, I feel like, from there to everything that happened this past season. What did that run mean for you all? Yeah, I mean, it was crazy. It was it basically, it just gave us that belief, like that belief. That was something that we lacked for a little bit was that belief against, you know, top, I don't know, top eight teams. You could say, you know, we would, uh, we were always kind of knocking on the door. We were always kind of, you know, play a great match, have some chances, lose four two or four, three. And, you know, that was a huge turn for us just cause, you know, it kind of proved that we can beat not only like, you know, one great team, but, you know, two in a row obviously had a ton of chances against USC um, but yeah, I mean, it just gave us that belief. And then we, uh, it was nice cause we were kind of able to take that into the next year too, which was good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's in the rear view mirror now. 
What were you – and it's a little bit different because when we talk to some international guys, they're like, I didn't go home for 15 months. But what was that pandemic like, you know, that, that break like for you guys and the team and that 2021 season to have, you know, kickoff weekend paused by COVID, to have an only Big Ten conference schedule, particularly with all of that momentum you had built the previous season, everyone's back on the roster. Talk to me about last year and – you know, the positives and negatives, because I feel like there were definitely both. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy. Um, I think, I mean, we got kind of f***ed over. Um, <laughs> Fair. You got to edit that out. But uh, <laughs> just, just remember that. Um, but no, it, uh, it was, we were kind of dealing with that adversity that whole year. You know, we came in, I think we started that year, I think we started three in the country in the first in the first ranking and then we have baylor who was like 35 in the country at the time coming to kickoff weekend <laughs> meanwhile they were like a top four team that year yeah i'm pretty sure they got to the national national championship right finals of indoors and the ncaa's yeah so they came to us as like the number 35 team in the country kickoff yeah. weekend which was kind of crazy um and i think we had a and pepperdine which mm-hmm. is like a, t- a tough tough group yeah um so we didn't get through that. Didn't make indoors, and then the Big Ten season it was, it was tough. I mean, we got to play, we got to play Ohio, and I think we had to play Ohio twice, mm-hmm. which was good. You know, kind of just you know keep that. And I think pretty, the home and home with Illinois started that year too, and, right? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, the positive I think it was just that. I think it made it made us tougher. It kind of gave us that chip on our shoulder to. I don't know, prove to whoever that, that we, we weren't the number 60 team in the country or whatever we ended at. I think we ended behind Western Michigan that year. Like, so that kind of gave us a chip on our shoulder going into this season. Yeah. Um, so now I'd say that was the biggest positive to take out of it, which is that it kind of it made us really hungry to, to kind of prove to, again, to whoever, I don't know, to the ITA, I guess, <laughs> that, 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 that we were good. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a crazy season. It was, uh, it was nuts. Proof to the formula more than anything else. It's yeah, not exactly. even humans. Everyone knows you're yeah, good. Yeah, proof, proof to the algorithm that we're yeah, pretty it's, good. It's like the BCS <laughs> rankings. It's Yeah, exactly. It's its own thing. No, I mean, the real funny thing is because I look at the record, 14-3 and three that year. And obviously, you guys beat the Buckeyes for the first time since 2001. See, that I haven't forgotten. Um, no. But And I want to talk about that match specifically. But it's like, is it the – the most accomplished 14 and three team in Michigan history or the least accomplished 14 and three team in Michigan history, because it's like, you guys were exceptional. And obviously you had the chance to, or I don't think it was 14 and three, excuse me, 15 and five. It's like, you had the chance, you know, had you had the chance to play Pepperdine in that second match of the kickoff weekend, what does that do for the Power Six rankings? And, you know, again, the Illinois match, the Big Ten Conference semifinals, you're like, if you can flip that, are you guys a top 16 seed instead of Illinois? And how different does that make things? You got to my follow-up question, though. There was some fuel going into this season, was there not? Oh, of course. Um, you know, because we we all felt we had a damn good team that year, that 15-5 mm-hmm. and five year. And, you know, we got tough draw Arizona first round. like Round of 16 I think, team. I think they got, yeah, Sweet 16 mm-hmm. that year. They were a tough team outdoors, like mm-hmm. – and then I think it was what Kentucky and maybe Cleveland State in that group. So yeah. Kentucky and Arizona in a in a and us, yeah, in a, 
that is a, t- a tough, tough uh, first weekend of, of NCAAs. Uh, but no, I think, again, that made us tougher, you know, losing that tough four, three match. Like, you know, we all kind of left, you know, left for that summer. Like we, we knew that, you know, this upcoming year, it was, we kind of really had to, you know, make a statement and, and luckily I think we did. I think we had a great year, but yeah, it definitely fueled us a ton. So that same season, obviously, early March, Ohio State comes to town for the first of a home-and-home series. I have been at matches where Michigan has taken the doubles point over Ohio State before. My freshman year, Bruce Burke's final season, we took the doubles point. We. I'm going to try and stop doing that in 2022. But we, at the time, I was a student (laughs) at Michigan, so it's fine that I think of it as we. Yeah. We took the doubles point. Alex Patron and Sean Bernstein played some of the best tennis I've ever seen out of either of them. And I remember just being like, oh, my God, we're going to do it. And then I have never seen a coach light into his team the way Ty did (laughs) after that doubles point. And when I say Ohio State came out and played one of the best hours of singles I've ever seen, like they took, I think it was five of six first sets and were just everyone was playing with a fire. And, you know, again – I've seen us come close. I, Big Ten Championship, your freshman year, where Fenty beats J.J. Wolf. That was a really tight match, albeit a 4-1 victory for Ohio State. You guys take the doubles point over them in 2021. Uh, you know, what a 4-2, excuse me. Thank you. A good correction from Pat Maloney, which you all won't see. Um, you know, again, 2021, you guys take the doubles point. Talk me through what the conversation's like after that and to see Styler, Seymour, yourself get over the finish line, what that meant to you all. I'm trying to – got to dig deep and try to remember. Um, <laughs> so 20, I, we came out – I don't I don't think I played doubles that No match. doubles for you. No, Harry Brown and Beattie at three. Yes, yeah, Harry and Beattie played three, and they played – yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was, yeah, we, we, I remember we went into the locker room and, um, I mean, Stein's kind of lit a fire under us. He was like, you know, you guys put yourself in this position, like, just go take it, you know, be brave, you know, kind of the things we talk about every day. He just kind of emphasized that, you know, don't, you know, be willing to lose playing the right way, you know, be great, all that stuff, you know, come out, you know, come out hot, come out, all that stuff. Um, and then yeah, I uh, I think I got smoked in my first set <laughs> against against Seelig. You want to guess what the score was? I think it was six one. Yeah, he breadsticked you. Yeah, so it was, it, I lost. I lost quickly six one. Yeah. But I was looking around. All the, the other guys were doing great. So I was like, all right, like let me just maybe try to figure this out. But let me. I kind of you know turned my focus a little bit towards helping those other guys get to the finish line. And you know to see you know Styler was playing unreal. Um, who was it? B. Who, BD can you give me the map? Yeah, so, so Cannon was playing Fenty, 6-4. and four, Good win for Cannon, but Fenty played such good tennis in that opening set. Yeah, I think, I think Fenty was up a break in that. Early I think he in the first. Points. Yeah, I think he was up 5-3. Yeah, so he, he, came, yeah, he came out strong, and like, it, was, you know, it was good good momentum. I think I think BD came out playing some good ball against, I think he played Cash. Mm-hmm. Styler um, takes the first in a breaker against McNally. Yeah, which was huge. Um, so I was kind of looking up the scoreboard to see how to see how Stai and uh, by the way, were... what's the improvement this year? Maybe not looking at the scoreboard, but go on. Keep you yeah. know we've come full circle. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. 
but I would you know, on the changeovers. I take a glance. <laughs> okay. I take a quick glance over and to see just to see what was going on. Uh, but no, everyone was everyone was playing. Uh, was playing playing well. The matches were competitive. Um, and then I just happened, you know, to kind of just just find it in the in the second and third sets, and I was just I kind of just kind of zoned in and was just playing really well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a crazy match, and then just to to get over that hump and and to to get the job done was. It was unbelievable. No, I I was there when Michigan made the Sweet 16 in 2018 for the first time under Steiny, and I saw the emotion there. Yeah, I mean, you've gotten to see a lot of emotional Steiny over over <laughs> yeah. your, the time of your career. What was that one like? Yeah, that was a, that was a big one. Yeah, um, there have been there have been many, yeah. um, but no, he was just so happy for us and for and for Michigan, um, just to get over that that hump that was. That was kind of in our ear for so long, um, and to finally, you know, get the job done and stuff. And it was like that was kind of like another like, you know, new chapter for us was was getting over that, and then we can kind of move on and just keep keep building off of that. Um, but it was huge, man. It was a that was a crazy match. Yeah, no, that was a fun one. Do you remember Seymour's match point over Boulay, Russian the court? I do. Boulay came in, and he he hit a volley like couple feet long and then and then matias did like some like bow celebration i remember <laughs> and then we all just we all ran and jumped on and stuff and then i remember i think pd had to play his out anyway mm-hmm. so i think we all kind of went over after and bd was down like maybe like five four and third mm-hmm. shanked like two or three balls and then like ran over and started <laughs> celebrating like he was just he was just like so ready to get off the court so yeah. he was like he was like looking at us like do i have to like finish this like match right now like what's going on yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, I remember that very well running over to Matias and we all, you know, that little dog pile and stuff. It was, uh, it was great. No, it was a moment. I remember that was the match where I should have used this in the intro as said my little brother's favorite player. And, you know, now whenever <laughs> we hit, I have to get the Patrick Maloney eh, after every ground stroke. Cause you know, that's just, it's a little extra oomph, uh, on all of them. Um, but you know, that sort of moment, obviously, this year to play the Buckeyes, what was it, four different times in total times, home yeah. home in the regular season, Big Ten Championship, where you guys get them, NCAA quarterfinals, where obviously they're able to get you guys. I've seen those matches. They get heated. They're competitive. At the same time, I feel like there's a lot of respect between both programs. Like, I feel like, you know, again, if you're, if it's you and Cannon at the Columbus 25 K, you're asking him to warm up. You're asking him to, you know, hit together, whatever it may be. And it feels like, again, this rivalry, Michigan firing on all cylinders. It's, it's good for both teams. Oh yeah. I mean, it's amazing for, for us and for the big 10 and for, for, yeah. I mean, just to, to have, you know, it be such a, strong and heated rivalry now opposed to in the past where it was kind of one-sided mm-hmm. um but no there's always uh there's always a, a mutual respect after the match during the match maybe not as much um <laughs> Fair. it's it gets uh it gets pretty pretty rowdy and pretty heated um but that's what makes college tennis college tennis like mm-hmm. i don't think anybody would prefer it any other way mm-hmm. um i don't think anybody would want to be any more cordial or anything during the match but after the match you know if I remember when we won, you know, Cannon and, and some others, you know, come over, congratulate us. You guys, you know, deserve a great job, blah, 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 which is nice. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, they get, they get pretty heated, but it's, um, no, it's great that, 
you know, we're at the point now where it's such an even and heated rivalry because um, it's kind of been a long time coming for that. No, and no disrespect to Illinois, who's been exceptional forever. And obviously, you look at the 21st century, who's the Big Ten team with the national championship? It's not Ohio State. It's not Michigan. It's, well, Ohio State does have the two national indoor titles, but it's Illinois, who won, you know, in an undefeated fashion, one of the best teams in Big Ten history. Do you feel like you guys were chasing Ohio State those first few years? Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Chase, a good thing, yeah. right? Oh, of course. It, it's, it was probably one of the most motivating things for us was, you know, getting, getting destroyed by them a couple of times. Remember my freshman year, we lost six, one, probably an hour and 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that made everybody hungry and like that will not happen again. So I think, yeah, maybe in the moment it was kind of stung, but it, it's a big, big reason why, um, you know, why we've kind of improved as a team and as a program in the past couple of years, for sure. How bummed are you? You're not going to get to play USC and UCLA. Yeah, I was pretty bummed. I, I think that would have, that would be a cool thing to experience for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I was, I was talking to, to Steph when it first happened, Dostanich, because we were together when like it got announced and stuff. And I was like, damn, like that would have been, that would have been pretty cool, you know, to have you guys, have you guys come into Ann Arbor in 48 degrees and, and 19 mile an hour winds <laughs> play, play outside the VTC, like after playing state in the same conditions, like that would have been, <laughs> it would have been a great weekend. Um, but no, or vice versa, by the way, spring break in LA, go play the Trojans and Bruins could be worse for the Wolverines. Could, could be worse. I don't think, yeah. I don't think we're going to be, I don't think we'll be complaining about that scheduling heading yeah. out to heading out to California in March. Mm-hmm. for no. four or five days and some and some good weather but um no i think it's i think that move is great though i think it's great for the big 10 i think it's great for i actually think it's great for college tennis personally uh, some people might disagree but um i think it adds a whole another layer to the big 10 and we're gonna have now i don't know four or five like very very good teams in the big 10 so it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty cool yeah, no, and again, we don't have to talk about the TV rights. You don't want to talk about how the UCLA athletic department might need themselves a little cash influx after running a deficit these past two years. Any thoughts on that, Pat Maloney? Uh, <laughs> no, I, you know, I got absolutely no thought on assumed that. Assumed <laughs> to be media major at the University of Michigan. Any thoughts, yeah. my friend? Um, I yeah. plead the fifth on that one. Yeah, okay, fair <laughs> enough. But, you know, again, with that in mind, you talk about hanging out with Steph, and I promise I'm not going to pester you too much longer. You got the chance – to get the invite to play at the USTA wildcard challenge in Orlando, which we can talk about now because it's happened. The wild cards have been given out. The results have been, you know, have taken place and you come in third in that event, which I want to talk about in a second, but just to get the invite to play in that event. I'm curious, how much work with the USTA did you do when you were younger? And, you know, not to say you penetrated the USTA circle, but you get the call up to an event like that. Like yeah. you're in now you're, you're part of the crew. You know, what did that mean to you to get that invite? Yeah, it was pretty exciting. I mean, in the past I've done absolutely zero mm-hmm. with the USTA up until the playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, not one thing um, besides playing winter nationals at Lake Nona <laughs> in the 18s <laughs> and, and playing UCF. Yeah. <laughs> I've had no experience with the USCA, but um, no, it felt good. I think luckily I had, uh, I mean, I think Ben not, not doing it and letting me slide. And that's an alternate was, was pretty nice. <laughs> um, but no, it felt good. It was good. To, you know, I played, played some guys that I 
I've never played before. Don't really get to see too much in college tennis. Got some Pac-12 guys, some SEC guys. So it was a, it was a fun week um, and it was good. It felt good to, you know, to, you know, get in front of the USTA a little bit and, and I guess um, for what, like a week or so. So it was a, it was definitely a good week and I ended up, you know, playing some good tennis too. So you've got big USTA glue guy potential. Like definitely, (laughs) like for sure, you're just like trust me. I'm gonna be fun to be around, and they're just gonna be like, yeah, invite Maloney. Like he'll hit, he'll (laughs) slap some forehands, we'll all be happy. Um, But no, again, you know some of the and some of the other guys who competed for our listeners who don't know, Sam Riffis, the former NCAA singles champion, semifinalist this year. You had Murphy Cassone, hottest thing since sliced bread. You had you know the Alex Kotsins, Brian Cernox of the world, Tyler Stice is all competing. I could name everyone, Um, but the point being. And again, you're into your first quarterfinal in singles at the pro level this week. Got to play a Nate Pond with. You've got a Sekou Bangora coming next. From a tennis perspective, what have you learned about your game compared to those caliber of players? And what do you think you need to continue to improve on as you finish your collegiate career and get set to go off into the pros? I mean, I wouldn't say I've learned it, but... I've been reminded, I guess, that I can play with anybody, of course. And I've always believed that. Um, Haven't always had the chance to, you know, to play against some of the top guys and stuff, but to to play against and to to play some good tennis and to do pretty well against, you know, some of the guys that you hear a lot about in the college tennis world and in like the, the early into pro tennis world, like guys just out of college and stuff like that. Um, But no, I learned a lot. I mean, I think it's, it's, showed me how much I've improved in the past year or two. Um, I think it showed me some things that I need to continue to work on in order to keep, you know, making these jumps that I want to. Um, but overall, it's just been super motivating. It's been a lot of fun. I've had a great summer, you know, traveling a ton and, and, you know, really just playing a ton of tennis. Um, I've enjoyed it, but it's, I think the biggest thing is just, it's been really motivating and just, you know, I'm kind of eager to just keep going. Ace T on the ad side or inside in forehand, which brings you more pleasure? Because I feel like those are the two. I've watched a lot of Pat Maloney tennis in my time. When you set up the inside in forehand, they got Maloney'd. I got, yeah, I got, I would say inside in um, is the one. Um, I've actually become, I've become a a pop wide on the ad side kind of guy in the past, in the past, in the past year or so. All right. I'm going to quack that out so no one hears it. Yeah, that was a big that was a big one. Me and Beatty went to it and, uh, on some on some big deuce points. I would just I would just go for it, and it ended up paying off a few times. Mm-hmm. No, because the reason I bring that up is anyone who's watched you play, the weapons are there, right? And I'm sure you feel that. You know how I mean. You see the success your forehand has. Go look at the Braswell match. I know Micah wasn't his healthiest, but you know your forehand was probably the biggest weapon on the court on that day. And you know again resisting the, and I know we're getting nerded out here, but resisting the urge to pull trigger on that forehand too soon. I feel like that's the balance, right? That's the thing, maybe the crux of the game. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for me is, is being able to, to compete, you know, the way, the way I do when I'm playing well, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm, when I'm playing on a C, C plus B minus tennis and, and not, you know, not giving away, too much for free and, and being a little more of a rock when I need to be from the baseline. I think that along with still looking to, you know, to, to press and to come forward and take time away. 
mm-hmm. just always kind of just working on that balance is, is the biggest thing for me, I think, and continue to work on my serve. You get to replay one match from this summer, Kipson or JJ Tracy? Oh, Kipson, 100%. Yeah, uh, my little no, brother wanted me to ask you what happened in that second set breaker. No, I had five set points in that second set. I had two on it, a two on a serve. At five I, yeah, uh, two second serves too. So, I mean, you're bringing up you're bringing up a tough memory right now, but um, <laughs> the no, inside that, in that forehand was, that, that was definitely a tougher loss. You had my... one forehand second serve sitter in that breaker. I think it was on the match point, and you slapped it like long and wide, and I. There was an f bomb that came out. I was like, Mother but, yeah. I was like, I had, come on, because I had fifteen forty on his serve at six yeah. five, and I tried stepping in on the second serve and I missed it. And then I was like, all right, I'm not going to make that mistake. I took three steps back. I was like, I'm just going to go heavy middle, mm-hmm. and I didn't connect the way I wanted to. It ended up leaving it short. Yeah. And then I was like, kick. I was like, oh, why did I just step in and hit it again? Yeah. <laughs> so it, was like, it was like a lose lose for me. But uh, no, then that breaker, I had a couple set points. I think I threw up a lob that landed like. Like it was a drop shot, basically, <laughs> and <laughs> on like a big point too. I like set up. I like in my head, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go like forehand topspin lob over the backhand side, <laughs> and then like it like just snuck over the net, like barely, and he was like spiking overhead, and I was like, yeah, that did not. That that looked that seemed way better as I was like thinking about that shot, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean, yeah, I had a ton of chances that match, and to you know, I got that wild card, and I could have made my first qual. Uh, main draw of the challenger that was definitely the one for sure yeah no i mean it was a fun match though and again it shows yeah. how far your level has come over the course of the past year and you know certainly you'll hopefully get more opportunities like that um all right some rapid fire stuff before i let you go let's go have, have to ask it and i don't know how rapid the answer is going to be the votes will celebration you win the second set <laughs> uh, what's going through your head uh, oh my god uh, like nothing, basically. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just screaming till I was blue in the face and going nuts. Um, yeah, I broke him at six five, and it was a long point too. I think, and I just, I remember, I think it was, I think like Matias and the Florida guys were in the corner, yeah. and they were kind of hyping me up. And then you know, I had like Cooksey and and Patorn and those guys on the side too going nuts, and. Steiny wasn't the biggest fan of, you know, some of my celebrations and he was on court. So I kind of did that. I went nuts and I was like, Oh shoot. Like I'm going to get a little earful, uh, <laughs> but, but he just gave me a high five and let it slide for the moment. Um, but it was, that was a, that was a crazy, crazy, uh, uh, 30 seconds or so. <laughs> yeah, no, a surreal moment for sure. And are they still swollen or have they recovered? No, they're recovered. Okay, good. That's good to hear. Um, yeah, it was it was uh, it was something else. I mean, yeah, I remember Ben because I was sitting next to Ben when it happened. Ben was like, "Did he just?" And I was like, "I think so." <laughs> and it was just it was it was something else. But so the Michigan team knows when you start the season with a six a.m. run, it's because of that celebration. Just to be <laughs> yeah, perfectly exactly. clear, and uh, no shout out to the Buckeyes who really were too good on that day. Um, all right, again, as we kind of rapid fire through here, as you look towards your senior season, you know, what are some of the things you guys want to accomplish uh, in your final year in Ann Arbor? I mean, we're, I think there's, honestly, there's two things, or maybe there's three things. There's winning another Big Ten title, and there's winning a national championship. Those are the, the things that we think about and talk about almost every day. Um, we were, came extremely close last year. Um, we were knocking on that door. 
and and in the past, you know, the trend has been we come back stronger and we come back with that with that fire under us. So um, we had a good good freshman class coming in. We just lose Beatty, but Beatty's still going to be with us as our uh, as our student assistant. So we we're at the same squad plus plus three great additions. Um, so yeah, that that's the goal is winning a national title, one hundred percent. Are you intimidated by Bjorn's success this summer? Um, intimidated? Not at all. <laughs> I um, pumped. Um, yeah. And and from what I've seen, he uh, the way he plays, he's going to fit in with us perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I had a chance. I was spent about a week with him in Ann Arbor uh, when he was playing that UTR thing along with the other two guys. I went down to to train and kind of just watch them and, and be with them and help them get their feet wet in Ann Arbor and stuff. So. It was uh, it was a lot of fun being with them and stuff, and I can tell they're gonna they're gonna fit in perfectly right away. It's gonna yeah. be great. I don't know all the freshmen. We did get the chance to meet Bjorn. Such a nice kid. He's gonna fit yeah. in well. I, uh, I'm a, fan, a big fan of his. Um, yeah. All right. I'm trying, again. So many different places I want to go. You see the transfers. You follow everything. I mean, how 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 good is the team gonna have to be to win this year? It just feels like you look at some of these rosters and it's like, man, did everyone get better? Yeah. We're going to, yeah, we're going to have to be great. I mean, but that's, you know, that's, that's really motivating for us. It's like, Mm -hmm. we wouldn't want it any other way. We wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't want it like a Mickey Mouse draw of the NCAA. (laughs) Yeah. We want, we want to play the best teams and we want to play the strongest teams. So, I mean, it's going to, and I think as all these teams are getting better, you know, these fifth year transfers and stuff and, and guys just using their fifth year, um, I think it's kind of motivating every team around the country and every team knows like they're going to have to bring it like, cause their competition is strong as hell. Has it been good for college tennis these fifth years to offer that extra year of eligibility? I mean, again, you get to play one more season because you have that extra year of eligibility. As you look on that decision, have you felt the ramifications? No, I think, I think it's good for college tennis one, because it just changes things up a little bit. And two, because it's such a short lived thing. Yeah. Right. After, after next, like after what next year or two years, there's no, there's yeah. no more of that. So it was almost like a, just like a quick little era of college tennis where, you know, guys are going all over the place and, you know, you got guys in college for five, six years, if you do a red shirt year. So I think it was pretty cool. And it was cool that, you know, it happened obviously not cool that the pandemic happened, but it was cool that, you know, this, you know, kind of different, look at college tennis happened at my like during my my four years and it was pretty interesting so i would say it was good for college tennis overall yeah no i mean certainly you look at the numbers right now you know it's like 34 players with college ties in the top 100 of the atp doubles rankings and right around 10 in the top 100 of the atp singles rankings and you're right it just does feel like this little four-year run has been ridiculous i mean Virginia was our number six preseason team last year. But if you go listen to the show, we talk about how in any other season they would have been the prohibitive number one contender to win the title. And it's just like you couldn't have that because Florida had all these pieces, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, do you see – are you following any of the college guys in the pros? Do you see what they're doing? A little bit. I uh, You're talking about like in like the higher level like ATP stuff? Yeah, just more, you know, again, yeah, and then you see like Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, especially like the guy, like the guys, like just out of college and stuff, like Kova and 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 obviously Ben's having a great summer. Um, and and those guys, you you know, if I'm checking out a, a draw or something, I'll see you know what college guys are in there and stuff. Or like I'll see some like 
I don't know, I'll be on like a Twitter. I'll see like some college team, like giving like an up, like giving an update about like their players. So like, I would say I, I, I see a decent amount of how they're doing. And I think it's great. I mean, it's, I think the more, the more, the merrier, like the more, the more success that these college guys have, you know, the more, the more these kids will want to play college tennis, the more these international guys will want to come and play college tennis. So I think it's, I think it's great. And I think it's, I think it's a good reflection of how amazing college tennis is. No, I agree with you. I know I don't have to say this to Coach Steinberg because obviously he wants it, you want it. We need the Ann Arbor Challenger back. Like need it. it was, yeah, need it back as soon as possible. Um, yeah. Because it was delightful for all of us. Um, all right, you go to practice every day. Does anyone like? Because this is what I would do, and this is why they only allow me at practice every so often. Do you ever go to Ben Becker and you're just like, so talk to me about that Agassi match at the U.S. Open. Is it like worthwhile to be like, like, you know it's Benjamin freaking Becker right there? Not about the Agassi match. Um, Has, you know, at first, um, maybe they'll ask him about it. Um, But I've watched – the amount of time I've watched Benny on YouTube playing, <laughs> <laughs> playing, playing these matches and I'll, you know, sometimes maybe he'll, he'll bring something up or I'll be like, Benny, like I was watching like you versus like Hewitt yesterday. And like, <laughs> like I saw like the shot you, like I saw, I saw like this point and he'll like, he'll get a kick out of it. But I mean, we, it's, uh, it's unbelievable to have, to have him, you know, lead like leading us and, and, and sharing, you know, his experiences with us and like just the way he sees the game, it's unbelievable. But uh, yeah, I mean, me and I think most of my teammates can, can agree with me that we, we have watched our fair share of, of Benny hitting like 100, 140 mile an hour serves on YouTube. I'm so jealous. Yeah. I'm just like, again, I, yeah. Cause I like definitively remember the Agassi match. That was like one of my first viewing experiences. Now it's like he, thank God he just loves Ann Arbor because we're black. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, Oh my God, like this guy could go do whatever he wants. He just, he loves it. Um, and so, you know, again, all of these things in mind, um, you get to play one main draw in 2022 Rome challenger main draw NCAA singles main draw or NCAA doubles main draw with BD. which do you pick that's tough I I think NCAA doubles with BD. yeah right I mean I think, you guys beat the champs we beat the champs we I think we were like 4-0 against ranked guys like we had we were playing well and I think if we went into individuals, we would have treated it like it was a dual match with the way we, we'd be going nuts and we'd be doing all that stuff. And I think it, I think we could have made a run. And it would have been – I mean, it would have been Beatty's last college tennis event. You know, he's, you know, one of my best friends. Um, so I would I would say NCAA doubles with Beatty for sure. Mm-hmm. Did you realize he went behind the back at Big Tens or not until after it happened? I did, but I think we were down a break at the time, and I was so pissed that I didn't. <laughs> that I was like, you know, this. I'm not. I'm not going nuts about. It. We'll talk about it after the match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that was. I mean, you guys were playing so well, and I mean, not to be disrespectful, because Cleve and Rich were amazing. Cash and Monte were as good as any college tennis doubles team I've ever seen. But yeah. was it six one? In the dual match, the six one, yeah. That one, I mean, more so than <laughs> more so than the singles, right? Like I, because no disrespect, I don't think you were beating Ben last year, but like two out of three sets, no add doubles, anything can happen, and it's really just like yeah. who's hot right now. 
yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it's exactly what it is. And it was, you know, I think a part of it's kind of who wants to be out there, you know, in individuals, doubles after the team event, all that stuff. So I think, I think me and Beatty would have ate that opportunity up and I think it would have been, would have been a pretty fun week. Yeah, I agree. All right. Rapid fire on the teammates. Messi's locker. Bick. (laughs) (laughs) Beatty's a close second. I'm a close third. Yeah. Bick is the solidified number one. Okay. Best practice partner. Patorn. I see. I was going to say Bick because I'd just be like grind. No. Patorn. Because he's never missed. Patorn misses like a ball every practice. (laughs) And every ball is like at your like shoulder height basically and lo- you're yeah mm-hmm. best inner squad rivalry <sighs> me and Beatty's a good one we've had yeah. some some very heated some very heated sets um i would say me me and Beatty or Actually, no, no. Me and Beatty second. Number one is Foo and Johnny Yaffe easily. <laughs> yeah, because they battle. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> it got – but it it was uh, – that was the most heated one for sure because Johnny took it. You know, Johnny wanted to beat him so badly. <laughs> and Foo would just squeak out the sets like it was like <laughs> – and. John, I'd, I'd turn over. I would look over. Johnny's serving at five four. All of a sudden, I see Foo serving at six. Like he's on a break. Like he's like about <laughs> to like clear the set. And and so that's definitely the number one uh, intra squad rivalry for sure. That's what I like to hear. Well, again, as we get ready for the twenty twenty three college tennis season, what's it going to take for Michigan to take another step forward and you know continue the success we saw last season? I mean, I, I, the two biggest things we were talk about are the summers and winter break. Um, Stanley always stresses that, but, you know, we've done a great job this summer of getting out and playing. Everyone's working hard. Um, and then just to keep building on that in the fall, uh, you know, everyone, you know, to, to help lead the young guys and, and to, you know, just keep establishing that, that championship culture that we've been trying to do for the past however many years. Um, but I think everybody, everybody's just going to just keep working hard, keep getting better. Uh, busted over winter break and then and come back ready to go and I think we'll be in great shape nothing makes less sense than a dead period six weeks before the season starts it's just like what are <laughs> yes, we, it's like, I'm sorry what are we doing um, yeah. yeah no 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 right before the season starts don't talk to anyone um, <laughs> yeah, it's just like that makes sense alright last three big picture college tennis questions because what people may not know about Pat Maloney massive fan of college tennis and you yep. know, you're following what's happening in other conferences Super regional round in the Sweet 16. Are you a fan, or would you like to see it all go back to one site? Um, I like I like the no, I like the one site from Elite Eight on. Okay, I like I like the 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 higher seed hosting the Sweet 16. Why? Just out of curiosity. Uh, I think I think it rewards the team who had a better season. And to give them that slight edge in a Sweet 16 match, but I do think Elite Eight on should be Orlando every year. So that was going to be my second question: Are you yeah, fine that, if they just go to one site? Yeah, that's that's I, I Orlando should be it every year. That's my why, take. Why Orlando, not Georgia or something like that? Well, I think Georgia gives the home field advantage to Georgia. Yeah, um, and I think I don't know. I think 
Orlando. You know, they do a good job with the streaming there. They got they got a great setup. They got you can do two matches at once. Um, so yeah, I think it kind of turn it into like the Omaha, like for baseball. Yeah. That's kind of the 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 comparison that I've heard. No, um, I, I like it. It, yeah, it would, sure. it's it's the and again, Boxy Park, overrated, underrated, or properly rated. I think underrated. Under, I agree. It's a hot <laughs> I think it's spot. Underrated. Yeah, it's, it's like spot. it's this little gem right next to the no, national that campus. Underrated live music. Like, come on. That's, yeah, and like <laughs> if you lose early in the tournament, you got a place to go. And so, yeah, that, Box, Boxy Park is underrated. Mm-hmm. No, I, I so I agree with all of your points above. I really like the super regionals. I think home crowd matches are better than non home crowd matches. The crowd was really good for Orlando in 2021 but it also helped that florida won the title and like the one thing about georgia even if georgia's not playing they always show up athens loves themselves some college tennis but you're right like georgia's too good to be the host each and every year on the men's exactly yeah if it was like a team who wasn't really in the mix Mm -hmm. that had that kind of atmosphere that athens does um i think maybe that could make sense but i think i mean orlando it's also like the people if the gain the people from Gainesville are gonna truck down to Orlando, like shout out by them. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> no, you know, it's, I was gonna name a school that would be perfect and like not in the mix, but great facility. And I was like, I'm not saying that out loud. Um, yeah. And so yeah, I'm gonna cut my self edit there. Um, but no, I I agree. Orlando's awesome. It's the mecca of American tennis, and like yeah. it's really not an airport. It's like planes come overhead, but it's not that bad. No, it's not that bad. And it's so easy to get to opposed to like champagne this year. It's like you're taking connecting flights. You're <laughs> such a hassle. But I think, yeah, I would say Orlando or even like USCA in New York where the U.S. Open is. That's no. I'm a straight no. Uh, Why? Because to, to get to New York for that many people and to stay there for that long might be a nightmare. It's very easy to fly to. Yeah, I mean that's true. Okay, so is Detroit. <laughs> yeah, like let's do yeah. it. In, let's do it in, in Southeast Michigan. Most people will be, yeah. we'll do it at Franklin. We'll do it at Sports Club. Um, but no, I mean, so my last question in that spirit, though, because an event I do think might be moved to New York certainly sounds like it's going to be moved to the fall pretty soon is the NCAA individuals. As an athlete, who, you know, again. You, you know what that environment is like. You know that transition of being there and seeing all the players come in for the ending of the NCAA tournament who are playing the individuals. Are you fine if they move it to the fall? Or would you like to see them keep it in the spring? I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. I think I I think it'd be better in the in the spring after. Um but then again, like some a lot of guys get burnt out. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll see a lot of guys pull out too after the team tournament with some injuries and stuff. Um, but again, I think I I'm always a big a big fan of like just change and just see how it is. And if it stinks, go back to to the spring. So I the I idea don't mind. I think the idea is just like you play the All American, you play the Fall Nats. The idea is if you want to play NCAA tournament, you have to play those events, and it like incentivizes making the college fall actually matter. My thing would yeah. be, I think, I think, yeah, in that case, interesting. Yeah, but then I think it takes away from the dual match season too. Like, sure. well, some guy all of a sudden has makes a huge jump and is playing one and has a great year and then can't do anything about it after the season. Yeah. So I think, it, I mean, I think it kind of goes both ways, but I think it'd be pretty cool to see it in the fall after those, after All-Americans and the fall championships. 
my other case would be, and it's I don't know how you figure out who qualifies. My thing would be the spring season before you qualify for the NCAA tournament that fall. So, like, let's say the NCAA tournament for 2022 was this September at the U.S. Open. That's my dream scenario is, like, you play NCAA tournament second week of the U.S. Open on those courts in New York. And, like, if college tennis can't make a jump from that, it's never going to happen for us. Yeah. I mean, I think that'd be pretty cool. I think I don't like that they took away the the collegiate invitational. Did you go? I did not go. Okay, I was going to say you had been one of 12 to go, so you could tell us from the grounds. No, yeah, but that <laughs> was uh, – that always seemed like a pretty cool thing was to get some college guys playing at the Open during the Open. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, I think it would be pretty cool if they have the singles tournament in the fall. Did Why you not? get the invite for the Cincy thing? How did how did Beattie and Gavin swoop those I spots? did. I did get the invite. I figured I'd be playing a Futures somewhere. Yeah. And Tolstani um, most likely won't be able to. Um, and then, yeah, BD and Gav, two Minnesota boys representing representing the blue team. Um, I love it. Yeah, I like it too. It's going to be – seems like it's going to be a pretty fun – was it one day or two days? I think it's one day. I think it's a Sunday yeah. shootout. Yeah, so it seems like it will be a pretty fun day. There's a bunch of good teams going, so yeah. it should be pretty cool. Here's what I ask is Sunday after the championship in Columbus at the 25K, come over to Cincy, come hang out, come enjoy the ending, and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll, we'll enjoy it all. But obviously, uh, congratulations to you on that first singles quarterfinal. It was nerve-wracking to follow the match today, particularly – I think it was like – three all in the third you had a 30 all game and i was like like he loses this i'm gonna have to text and be like but do you still want to do the pod today and like (laughs) i really don't know if i want to send that text because like you know i just don't want to be that guy and then he won and i was like oh thank god i'll send him the congrats text in the mix of what time we recorded and so um, (laughs) yeah obviously congratulations to you and what you guys have done at the university of michigan as a former wolverine may i say uh it's why I got into college tennis, watching the Wolverines compete, and it's very fun to see my school have that sort of success. And, you know, you're not the biggest part of it, but you've been around for it as well. So shout out to you. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah. shout out to you, Steiny, and all of the guys. And obviously, grateful you tolerate all my nonsense throughout the year. So, uh, well, Pat. Oh, I, I forgot yeah, to ask. You share the name of a congressman, a notable congressman, Sean, head of Sean the DCCC. Yeah, I know. Yeah. By the way, Patrick Francis Maloney, like it wasn't what I was expecting your middle name to be because you don't act like a Patrick Francis Maloney, but <laughs> knowing you like I do, it's like, okay, yeah, that does fit the name. Yeah, yeah I guess. Yeah, for what it's worth, you know. I, very, I very you, Irish name. Yeah, exactly. It checks out. Um, I mean, do I, does anyone make the congressman joke to you or just me? I've had a, a decent amount of people ask if there's like a relation, oh, like okay. it's your dad. And I'm like, I'm like, no, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but yeah, I, uh, pretty funny. Actually, I was on Twitter before and I like, I don't know how I came across it. Like I, maybe I was like mentioned in a tweet or something and I clicked it and I saw like all the tweets that contained like Patrick Maloney. Yeah. And I saw that Sean Patrick Maloney is like in like some huge scandal right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, like as like as of like this morning, he's like in some like really big like political scandal. So. Yeah, so he's, <laughs> I don't know he's the head on. of the DCCC, which is the legislative arm of the Democratic Congressional Committee. And like, yeah, I think he had an ethics complaint against him today, which <laughs> is not the greatest thing in the world. But it wasn't no. you, is what I would like to point out. That's a different yes. Patrick. Let's Maloney. make that make that clear. 
I would also like to point out we had a Pat Toomey on our club tennis team. That's the <laughs> senator in Pennsylvania. Like, we're killing it. Yeah, shout yeah, out to yeah. it. Yeah, we actually, that's, we had legislation passed that helped us win the Club <laughs> Tennis National Championship. Don't tell anyone. Um, but, yeah, with that said, obviously, Pat, congratulations. Spot is always open for you, and hopefully we'll get to do this again soon. Thanks. Go Blue. Yeah, go Blue. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with rising fifth year at the University of Michigan, Pat Maloney. Of course, a huge thank you to him for tolerating my nonsense throughout the course of his college career and for taking the time to chat with us today. Obviously, we are wishing he and the Wolverines success in 2022. Of course, with that said, plenty of fun things happening right now at Cracked Rackets. If you haven't already, go check out my conversations with some of the players competing at this week's Western and Southern Open. It was such a privilege to get to be a part of Press Row early in the week. Of course, coming up this weekend, LS Pro Challenge. Going to have the opportunity to bring that exhibition event to all of you fans on our Cracked Rackets YouTube channel. Be on the lookout for that this Friday and Saturday. Take some time to tune in. The tennis is going to be phenomenal. Of course, a shout out as always to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the fuck of an any job he does day in, day out, making all of our content possible. Shout out as well to our friends at Swing Vision. Remember, you can Sign up by using that promo code CRACK20 or learn more by clicking on the link in the description to this podcast. With that said, for the fantastic Patrick Maloney, our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Swing Vision, and from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. Talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.